This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. It's your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Super duper excited about this show and talk to you about this wonderful book we're going to be talking about. It's uh, by author, producer, actress Christy Cashman. It's her uh, latest book, The Truth About Horses. So I'm excited to talk to Christy about the book, talk about writing in general, because she's obviously very diverse in the language of writing, and uh, pick her brain a little bit about horses and other animals like we always do. All right, so everybody hang tight. We'll come back right after this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Joining us today on this episode is Christy Cashman. Christy is a uh, author, producer, actress. You've seen her around. You know her work. And her latest exciting work is her latest novel, uh, The Truth About Horses. So, Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's our pleasure. And, and big kudos about the, the book. You know, when I, when I get uh, contacted about various books from various authors, I knew your name. And I, uh, I thought, well, wait a minute, is this a novel or is this a diversion into uh, talking about one of our favorite topics, horses, or what are we dealing with here? And it's a little bit of everything, I think. Yeah, it is. It is a kind of a culmination of a lot of the different things that I've experienced in my life, and both in the arts and in, in real life and childhood tragedy, and then overcoming as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that was the fascinating thing I thought, because, you know, when, when I get the books, uh, like I said, admittedly, I don't know exactly always what the topic are, is, and sometimes the author who's known for one type of work switches gears a little bit and does something. And, you know, I really found the book uh, from the cover to the very end uh, appealing. And then when we get into the meat of it and we start talking about the grief and resilience and everything that goes into the book, uh, The Truth About Horses, it, it really, uh, really touches you. Well, thank you. That's a wonderful endorsement. I appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. Well, contact me next time when you need a blurb on your next book. There we yeah. go. <laughs> I guess the nine years was worth it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, we're going to get into a little bit about that in a moment too, but tell our listeners here a little bit about the book, Truth About Horses. Sure. Well, the main character, the protagonist, Reese, uh, suffers a couple of horrible tragedies in her life. And uh, that basically leaves her and her father very distanced from one another, from one another emotionally. And the backdrop is horses and the healing part that Reese looks for in her life is with the horses. And meanwhile, the relationship between her and her father has been so severed because they deal with grief so differently that you feel like it's impossible for them to make it back to each other. And so really the story is about the father and the daughter navigating their way back to each other emotionally. 
putting that all together without giving away the whole story, obviously, uh, there there are some uh, twists and turns, like you said, the uh, the way of dealing with grief and the way with dealing with life in general between uh, the father and the daughter in this book is totally different and how they come together at the end. So th- tell me how you sort of set about pulling that all together. I mean, was a lot of it pulled from research, uh, experiences you've had, things of, of this sort, or uh, how did that all pull together? You know, I think it's a combination of so many things. It's so hard. I've been asked this before, obviously, and it's so hard to know from where your creative mind merges with what reality is and what, you know, other art books you've read, movies you've seen, paintings. How, you know, how are we informed as artists? And and how do you take all those experiences that you've had in your life and then weave together a story? I'm not 100% sure, but I guess when you're an artist, you can't help but think about a story, a meaningful story, and and how to, I guess, make sense of the world. And it's our attempt to, guess, make sense of the world. And why do we suffer? Why do we have these horrible things that happen to us that are just so painful and moments when you want to totally give up and, you know, what is this all about? And I guess... Writing for me was just that, you know, trying to bridge the physical world with whatever else is out there that has sort of this uh, power, this force that's there that you can't see, but you often feel. And that was important for me to bring into the story. Yeah, and I think you did a great, great job of that because, you know, the uh, when I take a look at it, you know, I think as we, uh, let's see, as we get wiser, I'm not going to say older, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, uh-huh. but as we get wiser and we take in our own life experiences, I think it's only natural to sort of uh, take a look at what's around us and try to make sense of it. And then how does that parlay to what we've gone through in the past and where we're at today and where we want to go? And then when you couple that with the fact that you're creating a storyline here and you're dealing with two people within the family unit who have to sort of understand it or we should try to understand each other and how to go through things. But yeah, it's not uh, always the easiest thing, especially the seems to be the closer you are, the the harder it is at times. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Isn't that true? I mean, I was talking to a friend today just about the fact that, you know, our world seems like it, you know, if you look at it from a certain perspective, it's in shambles, you know, and it feels kind of hopeless. And yet there are ways that we can put out an energy that I think is is a healing energy and and it's with our own family and with our own community. I mean, if that's where we start, then maybe, you know, there's some hope for the world having some healing going on. But, you know, but it's so hard with fam- people who we love the most. The people that we love the most can hurt us the most. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think we're uh, desperately trying to mend fences at times. Uh, we're desperately trying to understand each other better. And since we're so close to each other, it's uh, so hard sometimes to share a common opinion or a thought or, or like you said, with the, the grieving process, how do you deal with that? And that's everybody's own unique journey that they have to take. Very unique. Yeah, absolutely. So when putting together the book, The Truth About Horses, was it a combination as a writer that you saw some things that you thought, okay, I'm going to create a storyline that sort of helps everybody make sense of this, especially the youth crowd? Uh, I'll call them crowds, probably not the wrong word, but our youth. Or was it more of, okay, I've got this epiphany (laughs) that I I need to start writing this thing? That was more what it was. It's almost like having a vision, kind of like the character does. You know, she sees things in a way. And 
I had just read a bit about Joan of Arc and how she actually had visions and and the visions that helped her in battle and win wars and that kind of thing. And I thought, well, that's that's an interesting thing to incorporate into uh, into my story. And I don't think it's very much different when you have an idea to you know have a radio show. And you know, it starts with a kernel of an idea and then it manifests. How different is that from somebody who actually has visions that we call crazy you know <laughs> it's kind of interesting absolutely well i i mean i'm a big proponent of energy i use that word constantly you know when dealing with my clients and dealing with animals and the everything around it as a matter of fact a friend of mine as a matter of fact talked to her today and she's going through some trials and tribulations and i brought about the topics of bringing positive energy into your life and manifesting what you want your reality to be and focusing on that compared to collecting negative energy or dis-ease within yourself and everything around you. And uh, you're right. People that don't know me and, and maybe just hear my voice on the show, they think, well, okay, well, what in the world is he talking about? But <laughs> as, you, as you dig a little bit deeper, that's how you, how I at least create things and, and think of things is, is the energetic connection that we have with uh, people and everything around us. And then how do we attract more positive energy our way and disperse negative energy? And so I think the fact that in the book, the, the main character you talk about uh, seeing visions and, and manifesting, seeing how uh, things are. Are, I think it brings it really back to home and, and sort of makes it feel like, hey, that's okay. You can label it however you want, but the word visions shouldn't be that scary. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I knew that I wanted a magical realism element to it and, and you know, to ground the story in a very real place and then and bring in a magical realism element. I just love stories that have that in the first place. And, you know, it's a little bit of a leap to, to go there, but I, the more I think that the author grounds the story really well in a world, the more the reader will trust and take that leap when, when it's there, you know? And so I was pleased the way that it came out because there were times when I was like, is this going to work? Does it work to have this, you know, this element in the story? Should I take it out? There's a lot of self-doubt that goes along with creating anything, I think. And, but they just kept, coming back they it just kept being something that i felt was important to the story right well i think you did a marvelous job of that and uh, one of the you. things yeah one of the things I, I thought was brilliant about the book is you know not to cast a negative energy we'll, we'll call it uh, <laughs> any other wonderful author out there but a lot of times when we're talking about books especially in the uh, uh, ya fiction you know the youth fiction and we're, we're presenting characters of that teenage sort of realm i feel oftentimes uh authors tend to want to go back to like, how can I create this as a commonality, you know, that things that teenagers do today, how do I do that? And with your, uh, with your book, The Truth About Horses, it really involves more into, okay, we're presenting a character who's a, who's a, a 14 year old teenager, but then we're also introducing things like the horse, of course, comes into play and how that comes into the race and the relationship. But then we go into a little bit about Lakota Indian uh, and the background about that. So these are presenting things that, in my opinion, at least, a lot of times we don't try to tackle as authors who are trying to present into that, that youth arena. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, the voice. For Reese just came out as 14 and sometimes you can't control that. And I guess there was a little wiggle room, like, you know, should I have made her 16 or, or, but then you skew older, you know, then, then it's tough to make it 
you know, there's a certain coming of age that happens at, at 14. There's a certain coming of age that happens at 16. And I don't know, I just felt like 14 was the right age for her to be doing things that like hanging out at the barn when she wasn't supposed to, hanging out with the Lakota Indian who was a selective mute and, you know, something her father had trouble with allowing her to do. It, it needed to feel a little dangerous, you know? Yeah, and I think you added that that danger, but also the attractive parts of pieces that at least I don't see too often. You know, it, it would be uh, if I was trying to. This is me as a, a uh, as a writer, <laughs> but you know, I I would think, okay, I've got a I'm trying to attract sort of that youth, middle age, you know, middle uh, teenage realm. So I should create, you know, more topics about using my mobile devices and, uh, you know, the, the shopping and the language that the, the kids <laughs> would use. And in reality, it, it, you know, you took it a little bit different twist and uh, a little bit different positioning on uh, And I really enjoyed that about the book. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I feel like there is a whole part of, you know, our world that is, I don't know, more rural. And I mean, if you fly across the country, you see a lot of land that's there that, you know, people in it who maybe are more attached to what's going on in, you know, in the agricultural world in terms of, you know, the smaller towns that are speckled throughout the country and, and maybe not so caught up in all the things that <laughs> people who are living more urban environments are caught up in. Absolutely. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and talk to uh, Christy Cashman a little bit more about her book, The Truth About Horses. And I want to dive into uh, a little bit about writing in general, because uh, when it comes to writing, in addition to acting and producing, Christy wears a lot of hats. So I'm going to pick her brain a little bit about how she is the master writer. So everybody hang tight. We'll come back right after this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Uh, joining me, uh, rejoining me now, I should say, is Christy Cashman, uh, author, producer, and actress. Uh, her latest book, The Truth About Horses, a wonderful, wonderful novel. Now, Christy, when everybody picks up a copy of book about the book, The Truth About Horses, and they read through it and obviously totally enjoy it, and maybe even learn how to deal with rural life and uh, teenagers, maybe. What was your goal? What is your goal? When everybody gets through it and gets to the last page, what do you hope they gain from it? I think all art's created to allow us to feel in a safe environment. The life that's right in front of us is a little, we're a little too close to the canvas and we're, we have to put up these facades and these fronts and act like we're not being affected maybe sometimes or 
try to try to be strong when we when it's really hard or you know try not to cry and i think art allows us a place to have all those feelings and if there's anything that i would love for people to say is that they felt a lot of feelings during <laughs> during the reading of it that's it. Well, that's good. And it touches home. And, and the book definitely does that. And, uh, and I love how you mentioned, you know, art. Uh, so we talked about it at the beginning. And uh, obviously, you're an author, producer, actress. You've written youth books. You've written children's books. So you have a, a lot of different hats and views on the uh, the arts and involvement in the arts, as well as writing in general. How did you find writing this particular book compared to maybe some of the other things you've done? I felt plugged in as soon as I started writing, unlike any other thing that I've done, you know, in terms of acting and producing. There was just something when I began the writing of this novel that felt like I was on a path. I was on a journey. And it's not that it was easy, but every time, even when I was in the weeds, even when I, you know, had the horrible writer's block and, and sat down at my laptop and just stared at the screen, even then I knew that I had found something that I was good at, <laughs> if I may say so myself. And that's a good feeling. You know, that's like something that you don't, I think you can live a lifetime and not get. So it's a blessing. I feel like it's a blessing. I feel like I'm also a little bit awestruck by the fact that I did it, that, you know, that I created this story. And it was very different because of that because of the fact that I felt like I had something to say and that I was a conduit to a message that, you know, was, was out there somewhere and I was going to be the, um, the filter for it. I love it. I love it. I love the conduit, letting that energy flow through and putting this uh, into play. And this yeah. is a, it just let everybody know as they pick up a copy of the truth about horses, this is what I would call in my eloquent way, a meaty book. 360 some odd pages uh, in here. So it's not a typical, you know, quick one and done youth type book. This has got a lot of it. But yet when you read through it, you know, you don't want to put it down. You want to get through it. You want to to see what the ending is. So it, it really flows well and, and uh, flies by. Well, that's good. Yeah, I have heard a couple of people say they read it in, you know, one sitting, which I was shocked at. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, don't you have a life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you wrote it in one sitting, seeing how you don't do anything. You never travel. You don't have family. You don't have <laughs> yeah, dogs right. and horses and stuff of your own. <laughs> no, it took me nine years, nine, nine years. years to write it. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't constantly writing this. I also started another novel while this was in different stages. I also wrote a couple children's books. I wrote some essays. I I even put it down for months at a time. I was letting it breathe, I guess, letting it sort of tell me in some ways what it wanted to be. And I think that happens, that can only happen with rest, you know, I, for me, you know, I'm sure other artists, other writers can just sit and just power through and, you know, put in the eight or 10 hour days of writing. That's not me. It's not how my brain works. So I had to let my subconscious, yeah, I had to get my conscious out of the way. That's That was the most important thing for me is, letting my subconscious take over because I think that's where stories are coming from. And it comes like a, a faint whisper, you know? And so you really have to, for me, I really had to meditate and, you know, say my prayers <laughs> and just be like, okay, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to tell me? And, and 
believe it or not, that worked. I mean, that was the fun part is when I would take the time to, you know, to listen because writing a lot of times is, you know, you're listening, you're trying to listen to every little thing and let every little thing inform you, whether you're walking down the street and you see a certain bird and you're like, oh, I want to put that bird in there. And, you know, I talked into my notes a lot on my phone to remind me how I, of a description or something. But yeah, writing is listening, listening to some voice that, that is not your own. That's it. I love it. I love it. Well, we're speaking the same language here for sure, because I'm a, I'm a big proponent of what I call meditation. And to me, meditation is, you know, it can be uh, chanting, it could be sitting in the lotus position, it could be listening to one of my guided meditations that are available for purchase. Oh, cheap plug. Uh- <laughs> oh, good. I'll pick that up. I'll do that. Thank you. But really meditation to me is anything that allows that conscious mind to shut off and allows that subconscious to open up. So if, if that means that it's, you know, don't force it, but if that means that it is formal meditation, it's prayer work, it's gardening, it's listening to music, it's being part of nature, it's whatever allows that, that monkey mind to shut off for a little while and allows, <laughs> <laughs> allows that uh, energy and that positive uh, thing to flow through, that's when the greatest bits come about. So I applaud you with that because, you know, it's oftentimes, you know, we get a... Uh, we're either writing a book or we have a, a contract to write a book and we want to get it done. You know, we're excited about it. We want it to be good, but yet it's like, okay, I, I, now I really have to get this thing done. So for you to, to have that willingness to set aside a little bit, let everything flow, do your other work. And then at the right time, the universe come back to you and say, okay, you know, it's time to pick up the, uh, the computer, I almost said pen and paper there, yeah. <laughs> but to pick that back up and, and let some of this uh, flow through because it's, uh, I'm going to provide you with some really good stuff here. So true. And yeah, it's very true. I love it. So comparing the two, you are, you, you, admittedly, you're not up at 530 every morning writing and doing your 10,000 words uh, per day. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and you're not like me, a deadline writer who uh, waits till, uh, oh my gosh, got a week left. I got to get this done. I think that was my going back yeah. to my uh, college days of uh, not wanting to do the essays and work. But uh, so you're somewhere sort of in between, but you let uh, let your energy in the universe to sort of guide you to uh, the great, uh, the great writing. I hope that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how it felt. And to hear a lot of people's response to it, it, it feels like um, th- like that process worked for me. And now I just have to try to engage it for my next book, <laughs> which uh, I already right. have about uh, 150 pages in. But, um, you know, I've been so busy with this one traveling all over and, and, you know, promoting and trying to get it out in the world and that kind of thing that that's yet another hat you have to wear. Totally different skill set. Absolutely. Absolutely. Promoting this, uh, writing it's only uh, maybe not even half the battle, getting it out there right. so people know about it. Oh That's the God. key. Isn't it? I know. It's a, it's a full-time job. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, Chrissy, where can people purchase the book, The Truth About Horses, and find out more about you and find keep track of maybe some of your uh, appearances that they can go and see you uh, in person? Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. I would start by trying to support your local bookstore. And if they don't have them, ask them to get it. Otherwise, it's available everywhere books are. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, you know, online. And then it's also on Audible. I read it and I've had people tell me that they've enjoyed it. So that's one choice. That's one possibility. And as well as Kindle and the digital versions. 
let's see, where am I? I am going to be in Martha's Vineyard on December 2nd with Geraldine Brooks. She's interviewing me. Now, isn't that fun? She Very wrote the nice. hor- she, she wrote Horse as well as so many other yeah. novels and you know historical fiction is her thing. But she's so interesting. I find her to be one of those novelists that I mean, just she does so much research and she's so smart. And I really look forward to being interviewed by her. I will also be in North Carolina. I'm going to be at Tryon right after Thanksgiving on Friday and Saturday. And then I'm going to be in Barnes and Noble in Asheville on Saturday after Thanksgiving. And where else? Oh, I'll be at Art Basel at Books and Books. So you, get, you got your grounds covered. You got your social media covered. You're, I obviously, we'll post your website at kristacashman.com and some of your uh, uh, media sites there covering coast to coast so they can see your, uh, uh, get a, a personal signed copy of The Truth About Horses. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and then they can hear about all the accolades and how wonderful it was to be on my show and the world is <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> well, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Well, it's my pleasure. All right. Well, everybody go pick up a copy of the book, uh, The Truth About Horses by Christy Cashman. Thoroughly enjoy it. And we'll uh, post all of Christy's information on our site so you can keep track of her and maybe catch up with her somewhere in your neighborhood. So, Christy, congratulations again. Great, great job. And uh, I'll look forward to speaking with you again uh, somewhere down the road. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me My pleasure. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank the producers and sponsors for making this show possible. Uh, if you want to find out more about what is going on at Pet Life Radio and drop us a line, uh, you can do so. Go to PetLifeRadio.com. And while you're there, uh, check out all the other wonderful shows. It's a cornucopia of great entertainment. And drop us a line and let us know who you want to hear from the most. Give us some ideas, and we'll be glad to entertain those and entertain your comments. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life, and who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.